You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, March 22nd, how we feeling? Uh, how did we get here? How did this happen? How, how did we get to this day on the calendar so so fast? I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. I'm with you. I say the same thing every year. The calendar goes fast. You blink, and it's March. Then you yeah. blink again. And the NFL draft happens, and then you blink again, and it's week one. So that's how the NFL goes. But you know what? When you lose like you did in the AFC Championship, I think a lot of fans feel <laughs> like the new season uh, can't come soon enough. Sorry to sorry to bring that up right away here, but we're yeah. going to get into some of the changes that are happening with this team today. Before we do, I got to tell you, once again, I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed. <laughs> I do have to say that because no reviews. If you leave a review on the Apple iTunes, it's a five-star review. We will read it on the show. So this could be your time, whether you want to ask a question, pass a comment, tell us what show is your favorite and why we're second favorite. Anything <laughs> that you'd like to, to leave for us, we will read right here on the Airhead Pride Editor Show. I know we've been going at it on Wednesdays, but we're doing the early release show today just because we have so much moves and news to talk mm-hmm. about. So we're yeah. going to do the editor's show a day early. You'll be getting this on Tuesday afternoon. And then you can, if you're hearing this on Tuesday afternoon, you may have a few hours before Coast to Coast will be on Twitter tonight. So if you have a Twitter account, and you want to talk to Mark Gunnels and Aaron Ladd about the latest in the Chiefs, the moves, and get on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, you can. That'll be at 7 p.m. on Tuesday night, and we'll post that tomorrow on Wednesday as a replay. So I really like that interact interaction that we have now on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network on Tuesday nights. I think Mark and I think Aaron are doing a really nice job with that. It's a, a new concept, and uh, kudos to Steve Serta for getting that done and helping us in the backdrop here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. All right, enough. Look, only the good thing about no reviews is two minutes and we're already talking about Juju. So here we go. <laughs> let's uh, we'll go to we'll go to Justin Reed press takeaways after this. I have a reversed here, but let's start with Juju Smith-Schuster because this is the biggest news uh, of the past week. The Chiefs agreeing to a one year deal. And I think the biggest thing about this is securing this player, John, but securing this player for the amount of cap they did. Yeah, um, I, I wrote about this yesterday, and it's it's um, kind of interesting. Last year, the several teams gave what amounted to pretty similar amounts of total total money to uh, Smith Schuster, made offers that were about the same, and he stayed with Pittsburgh. And everybody assumed it was because he wanted to play with Roethlisberger again, or that 
Uh, he didn't think he gave enough targets with the Chiefs uh, in order to get a big free agency payday this year. And then it turns out that the Steelers were just offering the whole thing as guaranteed money. They gave him a, right. an NFL minimum salary and a $7 million signing bonus. And uh, so really it ended up being about money. And yet this year, after a season where he only had played in five games for the Steelers in the regular season, plus the their loss to the Chiefs in the wild card round, um, he's not in as strong a position. And the Chiefs were able to get him for just $2.9 million against the cap this year. And then the rest of the um, $10.7 million in the total contract is in incentives that if earned won't count against the cap until next year when there should be more cap to work with. So a pretty, pretty sharp deal that uh, Brett Beach made here to get Schuster, who he wanted to get a year ago. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about the AFC title game. It's such a a game of inches to overuse that cliche, but you have Swint Schuster on the team and he's healthy. Say he doesn't have that injury because it's a completely different scenario with that Mm -hmm. he had with the Steelers. Who knows how it's a little different. I think we've made the point here that if the Chiefs would have acquired Odell Beckham Jr., um, who ended up going to the L.A. Rams, I I think that might tip the scale in their favor. And I think Smith Schuster could have had a, a similar impact. I think that because of the cap committed to Smith Schuster here, I, I'm going to grade this deal an A. Now, if they had given him $10 million guaranteed, I think you get into the Bs, but Mm, yeah. the, the idea that you snuck this player in while you're still needing to figure out deals with Orlando Brown Jr. and Tyree Kill makes the value here just uh, incredible. If he doesn't reach these incentives, you're only committing two million. And I think the upside is a a third one thousand yard pass catcher. That's actually the poll of the day, which we'll hit at the end of the show. But uh, I I think that's the that's the the ceiling. That's a, that's an extremely low risk, high ceiling. Yeah, a reward. And I, I think kudos for Brett Veach for identifying that Juju wanted to bet on himself. Uh, John, what do you grade this signing? Uh, I'm, you know, I, I really want to give it an A. I, I want to be a hard grader on this stuff. So I'm kind of reluctant to hand out A's, but this is coming really close in my mind. He should fit really well in the Chiefs offense. Uh, as you noted, a real high ceiling, low risk uh, uh move that Veach has made here. So I I think I got to give it an A. I got to I got to do it. I got to agree with you on this one. Now, I know that Smith Schuster wanted to play more outside receiver in the Steelers system and they liked him in the slot. I think the Chiefs have been looking for that X receiver replacing Watkins now for uh, an entire year. And I think that that's what they see in Juju Smith Schuster and in the Andy Reid system, you're playing all over the place. I mean, that that's the beauty of it where you're learning each and every position. So really eager to see how they use him. I think the idea of having Tyreek McColl and Juju and Travis Kelsey and Clyde on the field at the same time, I don't know why they haven't signed McKinnon yet. I would like to see him. Uh, back but just the idea of all these weapons for Patrick Mahomes I think it's you know you're revamping here and and now the only real gaping hole seems to be right tackle which you know we'll get to uh, in a second here but I I love the Juju Smith-Schuster signing and one of the things I noticed in the press conference his attitude seems a little bit more determined and serious and he was asked about the tiktoks as you probably heard on from the podium here on the airhead pride podcast network and really 
did not want anything to do with discussing that. And I think that's mm-hmm. exactly the attitude that you want. He doesn't want to be a distraction. And another point of this, and, and again, that's why I'm, I'm so high on it. Sorry, John, I'm grading it an A, is because you just <laughs> locked his player into this contract year uh, where you know that the salary cap is going to balloon next offseason. So there is just ultimate motivation for you know, Juju, A, to turn the page from what was a five-game, 100-yard season and turn it into what what I would think he's looking for a multi-year, really, really lucrative contract. Yeah. I think for the chiefs to have signed him to this, those incentives are probably pretty low. They could mm-hmm. get away with really small ones. Uh, but right. on the other hand, the chiefs, uh, you know, they also want to avoid um, paying him a lot of money unless he gives them a big year. So, you know, there's, there's pressure pushing both ways there. Um, but it, you know, I, 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 it's pretty clear that Juju is betting on himself here. Um, otherwise you wouldn't sign a deal like that. And, uh, and I think he also may have realized he might've made a mistake by not coming to Kansas city and staying with Pittsburgh where, you know, not only did he get hurt, which, you know, doesn't really have anything to do with the team, but, um, I think he thought he was going to get more opportunities to, uh, have a big season with Ben Roethlisberger and Roethlisberger just wasn't the guy who could, uh, give that kind of performance last year. And I think what he's looking for here is to show what he can do with a really good quarterback. So there's a lot, lot of incentive here for him to perform this year. It's probably not said enough, but Tyree kill, I think has a lot of Antonio Brown to his game. He's the same size. Hmm. Uh, he's has, he's got obviously the speed. The last time Smith Schuster was paired with someone like that was actually Antonio Brown and he had 1400 yards. So course Travis Kelsey wasn't on that team but Kelsey also wasn't 33 going into that season so we'll see how the the yardage gets dispersed again that's the pull of the day which we will get to at the end of the show now turning the page to uh, Justin Reed here for a second John I had an opportunity to speak with Steve right after that press conference we released our thoughts right after the presser on the from the podium series I was really impressed with some of the things he was saying when it came to leadership. It does seem like the Chiefs are moving on from Tyron Matthew. What did you make of his press conference? I was really impressed with the guy. Um, you yep. know, I, I, I was really happy, really impressed with, um, now I can't think of his name, the running back. Uh, the, the, when he appeared at first appeared at Chiefs uh, training camp, the young fellow, um, all of, I'm drawing a blank. I'm an old Clyde. man. What can I say? Yeah. Clyde. No, 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 no. The Darwin? young fella. Darwin, Darwin Thompson. There we go. Darwin Thompson. Oh my gosh. How could I'm you still... forget your favorite chief? I know. I know. I, well, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's someplace where I can't quite grab a hold of it. I believe uh, he's with Seattle, by the way, John. If yeah. You, you know, I, I, I'm, I tend to be really impressed sometimes with these initial impressions. And I, I just was really impressed with this guy. Um, he's well-spoken. He seems to be real focused on the questions and what's going on around him. And uh, I think that's a, a, a real positive thing for a player. And I, uh, so I, I was really impressed with him. Um, and I, 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 you know, we'll have to see how it, how he appears on the field, but you know, all indications are that when uh, Matthew left after his rookie season in Houston, he kind of took over Matthew's role with the Texans. Now, whether he's as good at it or not uh, is open to question, but, he seems to be willing to step into that kind of a role with the Chiefs, and and that's a good thing. 
it's kind of strange the fact that he came from the Texans as well and is now replacing Matthew here. He did say a number of, of words about Matthew and what he learned from him as a rookie during his rookie season. Don't forget Matthew had that lone year with the Texans. And I, I think that'll be big uh, for Reed. I didn't have an opportunity to really dig that far into previous press conferences, but I, I think he's talking the talk for sure. He mm-hmm. offers the chiefs of versatility. He offers them speed. They really like his football IQ. So we'll see if it's, it translates if it does. And you suddenly have a, a new in a sense, 25 year old honey badger, it, mm-hmm. this will be an a plus move but we'll, right. we'll have to see how that that's going to be a hindsight thing i mean it it's just high high expectations big shoes to live up to i commented on from the podium i was very impressed the fact that he wants to get a a face roster so that he knows everyone's mm-hmm. face before yeah. he even enters the room so that's a guy that that obviously has been talked to uh, by the chiefs and saying look you're going to be stepping into not only a role on the field but off the field in the locker room and so uh, we were wondering who the new Chiefs leadership was going to be. It, it seems like Reed will be a part of that. Quick note here, uh, the Chiefs lost wide receiver Byron Pringle uh, to the Chicago Bears. That's about 500 yards. I was surprised by this. The deal, I believe it was for $6 million, John. This was uh, $4 million guaranteed, $6 million with incentives. Four, $6 million with incentives. Yeah. That's, a, that's too yeah. much for me on Byron. Yeah, How right. did you come out of that? I, I feel the same way. I think I think that I would have loved to see Byron Pringle back, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to give that kind of money for him. And so I'm real happy for him that he gets this opportunity to go to another team and and maybe not have Tyreek Hill in front of him. Uh, I mean, he could end up being a really fine player if he has the opportunity to be a real number one or number two receiver and not have Travis Kelsey back there uh, taking uh, recept- uh, targets away from from him. So I'm real pleased for him, um, but I just think that was more than the Chiefs wanted to invest in him. So uh, it's just one of those things, you know. I'm looking at it right here, uh, and we don't have to dig too far into the Bears here on Arrowhead Pride. You can go to Windy City Gridiron if you want that. But the, the receivers are Darnell Mooney, Mooney right now and Byron Pringle. They they recently lost Allen Robinson, so he's going to be one of the top three. So we, yeah. you know, we were always waiting for that. When is he going to be a real receiver in Kansas yeah. City? The Chiefs end up getting Juju. Wasn't going to be here. Another interesting wrinkle here is now you're wondering who's the next Chiefs kick returner. And if training camp is any indication, Dave Tobe will have about 14 candidates each day. <laughs> you know, I wonder and if Juju might be one of those guys. We'll see. It, it, it'll it be interesting to, to watch. You, you also sometimes, and, and the Chiefs haven't really done this in the, in the Dave Tobe era, but you can have the defensive back there as well so we'll see if there's maybe a young player that they like and again dave has some say here especially in the draft and sometimes at the at these cuts i I think that's worth keeping an eye on right now too because i know they like mccall with the punt return but now they need a new kick returner and so you know especially on that day three these guys that might have kick return chops don't don't be too shocked if they go and almost get a specialist Mm -hmm. there now that byron is headed to the Bears. Another uh, minor move by the Chiefs. You know, we're calling it minor now, but I, and I see this guy as the starting right tackle at this point. It's Andrew Wiley on a one-year, $2.5 million contract. That feels about right for a guy that can play a lot of different positions and yeah. ended up being your starter for the most part last year at, at right tackle. I'm not, I can't give Andrew Wiley, although I love his attitude. I, I love his – I've said this before. I love his Twitter 
profile that says he is not his Madden rating. <laughs> I am not my Madden rating. Uh, I'm, not I'm not either. I'm not defined by my Madden rating, I think is what it says. And, uh, you know, he, he loves, he's got a great personality, really likes to joke around. I know that Steve behind the glass likes this. He likes to rip, rip Pokemon packs and try to get Pokemon cards and a really funny guy and reliable. I'm, I don't know if he's necessarily a starter, but I'll give this one a, I'll give this one a B. John, what do you, where do you land on Wiley back for two, two and a half? Yeah, it's hard to give this signing a, a huge grade, but you got to give it at least a B. And the, then there's an additional aspect to this is they not only signed him for two and a half million dollars, they signed him to a veteran salary benefit con- right. con- contract, which actually will count one point three five million dollars less under the cap. So he's actually going to cost like how does that work out? It's like one point two million dollars against the cap. So you got to like that part of it. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs do this with one of their players every year. Uh, this is a special version of the veteran salary benefit contract that's only available to players who have played with you for four consecutive years. Um, and so it's usually used on a player that you've brought in as a uh, undrafted free agent, something like that. Demarcus Robinson uh, played under uh, this particular version of the veteran salary benefit deal in his first year in free agency. And I believe they used it on Daniel Sorensen last year. So uh, um, no, we're not allowed to curse on this show, John. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, but that's, you know, so they've saved, they've, they not only brought Wiley back, they did it at minimum cost. So I think you could even go with a B plus here. Um, yeah. And I, I agree. This isn't going to be a player that that's going to be a star in anybody's eyes, but the chiefs really like him. They, they're really high on him and they, they believe that they can use him just about any place on the line, except perhaps center. And, um, you know, that's a fairly valuable player to have on your team, and, and they're getting him at a really low cost. Kudos to Brett Veach and, and this personnel staff for using those type of tools. You did a nice article, John, that we have up right now. If you go to the website, what is the title of this? Brett Veach continues to use all of his tricks to manage the NFL salary cap. And it's tough right now because I think they're uh, – I've said this earlier in the show, and I'll say it again. I, I think they thought they might have Brown or Hill done by now mm-hmm. and yeah. they're having to be creative on the fly here while you know these players are are still out there and uh brett veach using all the tools that, as you say to get these things done we talked about what he was able to do uh, with the the juju smith schuster contract but they're, they're a little strapped right now I, I think that's that's a reality they've been able to figure it out in the past but Again, because of the pandemic-adjusted salary cap that they weren't expecting years in advance, it's getting a little tricky right here. And who mm-hmm. knows if they're going to be relying more on the NFL draft and what will be maybe a trade for a position they really need, which is a premium edge guy. They don't have that right now. That is a key position in the NFL. That I mean, it, it, that's my biggest concern. Yeah, and that's why you know you kind of think that the sooner they can get Tyreek done, the better. But much like Juju. You're wondering if Tyreek is staring at that 2023 cap that's it's going to explode, and he's watching the Devontae Adams contract and is saying, you know, what if I put up the top yardage in the league this year? <laughs> could I be making $30 million a year next year? And with the boosted salary cap, could the Chiefs pay it next year? And and it and you you kind of wonder out loud. Again, we're speculating, but you kind of wonder out loud if that is um, what 
what is holding everything up. But John, again, just Brett Veach is doing a nice job with with all the tools that that are available to him. I think the Hill situation is very interesting. Uh, Jared Sapp, one of our writers, wrote about this over the weekend that the Devontae Adams trade at first uh, glance looks like uh, that contract looks like something that's really going to push salaries up at mm. the wide receiver position. But the it's got a lot of funny money in it. It's really only like a three-year deal for, uh, I think it's like $67 million if I remember correctly, something like that. And there's two years at the end of it that nobody's going to pay. You know, right. it's like forty million dollars cap hit, and and I think that the that those are that's just funny money to make the tr- the contract look larger when it's uh, the numbers are first released. And Jared's argument was that uh, it might not have that much difference because uh, the those figures are not that much different than the numbers we were hearing thrown around about the potential Hill contract at about twenty one million dollars a year. Um, but you're right. It could be that he's looking at that situation and, and thinking about with an increase in the salary cap next year, he might be better off waiting until next year. This could end up being one of those situations, just like a year ago, we were saying, well, we expect the Chiefs to resign, extend Tyron Matthew any moment now. <laughs> and then they not only never did, but apparently never even offered him a contract. And uh, so maybe that's what we're looking at now. We think, you know, they we, we've been told that this signing is in, imminent, but maybe it doesn't happen. And we're still looking at this a year from now. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah, the, the, the funny thing is, I mean, you can find reliable contributors, skill position players, net receiver in the second round. I know that a lot of our listeners and Twitter followers and readers know that there were some nice players available after the Chiefs took Clyde Edwards Elair in the second round. And so who knows if you land a receiver in the second round that suddenly breaks out this year, creates an interesting scenario if if Terry Kill isn't isn't locked up. I also go back to like the Patrick Mahomes contract. That's how I feel about Devontae Adams, because Devontae Adams is very clearly the best wide receiver in the league. It it changes from latest wide receiver to sign to where we can't give you Devontae Adams money. And mm-hmm. you saw the quarterbacks that signed after Mahomes. Some of them, their AP a- average per year was a little bit less. Their APY was a little bit less than Mahomes until you get to Aaron Rodgers. And that's the difference with Tyree kill because Aaron Rodgers can say, I'm as good as Patrick, if not better. I just won the last two MVPs. Tyree Kill can make a, a similar case. And so that that's where it gets interesting, where mm-hmm. the Chiefs may be insisting, no, you got to be under Devontae money. And Tyreek is like, I'm going to do better than Devontae this year. And is it that unreasonable to say? I don't know. The one thing I do like about the Chiefs is they don't use these voided years. They are really smart about right. not just like kicking these cap numbers down. And I think it's not really paid off yet, but I think as we get into like the thick of these voided years that a lot of these teams have done, it'll give them at least a small boost and uh, that's something that i like that's a strategy that i like that they've kind of of taken in kansas city that you've seen other teams do it elsewhere and i i just gotta think that eventually that's gonna end up being being smart by kansas city yeah watch the next contract they say will have four voided years on the end of it trust me i I mean i've been doing this long (laughs) enough to know i'm gonna be wrong in about three hours all right minor move chief sign swing tackle uh jaron christian to a one-year deal this is a player who plays 
left tackle. He can also play right tackle. Doesn't seem like a starter. He started 16 games in what I believe has been four years, eight last year, uh, but is one of these players if you have, what was it, Mike Remmers gets sick or Orlando yeah. Brown tweaked his calf, slides in, and you don't have to have Joe Tooney slide over. So I think right. this is the role that he's going to play. Um, small deal. I tend to think this player is a lock for the 53-man roster, though. I, it, it is minor, yeah. but I, I think he's one of the 53. And he's probably signed for a minimum NFL contract, it would be my guess. Right. He doesn't strike me as a player who's going to demand uh, more than that. Uh, so it's a you know an inexpensive signing for, again, a player that they need to have, somebody that can really step in and play at, at the tackle position. And Wiley did that last year and did okay, but he's nominally a guard. And I think you, that was something they wanted to fix. You call it a minor signing, and then you lose a player for like right. three games. And then all yeah. of a sudden, he's starting three games in a row. So right. it's a guy that you have to have on the roster, and you hope he never plays. That's that's the right. That's the reality. Speaking of players that you, you would hope would never play, Chad Henney back on a one year, uh, two million dollar contract. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I you know I consider this like a B plus signing. He's been great. I mean, he had the one shining moment where he came into the Cleveland Browns playoff game and was able to get that pass off to Tyreek and and allow the Chiefs to advance. Uh, I I think he's like a coach in the room. So this one's a, a B plus for me, John. Yeah, um, I was kind of thinking that we would seen, see Shane Buchel, uh come into the backup quarterback role this year. It was kind of weird for the Chiefs to move him onto the active roster last year. They don't normally do that, but I think they were forced into it mm-hmm. by uh, interest from other teams in poaching him from the Chiefs practice squad. Uh, so now they've invested some roster space into him. Uh, and I thought that that might move them a little bit towards, um, you know, keeping him on the roster this year as the backup and saving some money on Henny. But you make a very good point that I hadn't really thought about when I was making that argument in my mind is that he's a coach in the room. Uh, right. You know, he's got enough experience in the NFL that he's probably a guy that helps them across the board with the with the quarterback position. So, um, yeah, I got to agree. It's it's a good pickup. Uh, I'd, I, I'd love to see a young guy come in there, but it's apparently not going to happen yet. I, I'm wondering out loud here, once again, I I think Andy Reid has committed now to the two quarterbacks in the room. I think if he switches back to three quarterbacks in the room, that's going to tell you a lot about what he thinks about Shane Bouchelle. They already mm-hmm. have protected him by signing him to the 53-man roster when he was going to be poached by Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals last year. And that just makes me think this may still be up for grabs because I don't think Andy Reid's going to switch back to three quarterbacks. And so if they really like Bouchelle, eventually Andy Reid likes to have one veteran and one young and mm-hmm. up-and-comer. That's been when, does Mah- yeah. when does Mahomes become that veteran? You know, at a mm-hmm. certain point, it'll switch. And then he has the younger player as the backup. So I don't know if this is done as far as Henny locked in at, at number two QB. I think there was a way that Bouchelle, just based upon them keeping him last year, could work his way into being the, the backup this year. Well, you know, uh, Henny could end up being a last-minute ca- casualty going into week one. You know, that that's what you're arguing here, is that yeah. uh, the Chiefs could decide over the course of training camp, Bouchelle's ready to, to be that guy. Um, and maybe they take... 
maybe they take some other inexpensive. Don't worry, John. I will. I will ask squad. Andy Reid on day one of camp, and he will tell me that <laughs> competition breeds excellence, or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm paraphrasing uh-huh. here, but it'll yeah. be some kind of competition <laughs> makes us better, uh, and we won't know. But I, I, I think it may be up for grabs still. It remains to be seen. We talked uh, about D-Rob a little bit earlier. The Chiefs may be losing D-Rob to the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't think this is a big deal. I've, I've noticed some of the mentions that I've gotten when I've been talking about this on Twitter already from some of the outspoken Chiefs fans. They're <laughs> saying whatever. D-Rob is a player that's been with the Chiefs for six years. Uh, never really developed into what is an above-average player, above-replacement player. I like the guy. He's fine. He made a couple great catches along the way. Uh, but now with Juju Smith-Schuster, Hardman breaking out into that wide back position last year, where are the targets for D-Rob? I think he sees the writing on the wall. And if he can get more than what would be like a minimum salary from anywhere. Right. I'm, hard for me to be mad at him for going to Vegas. Are you, do you, are you mad at him for going if, it, if he goes to Vegas? I, I, I can't get myself worked up about players who are – are fringe players for the chiefs playing for a division rival. Yeah. A star goes to a division rival. Yeah. You know, that, that torques me off. You know, I don't like weird. that. It was weird to see Derek Johnson. Yeah. In the Oakland uniform and Jamal in the Denver uniform, Neil Smith and the Broncos uniform, you know, right. that's another example of it going back oh, quite a ways now. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't care about D-Rob going to the Raiders. I just have to say yeah. it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I know, I know, DeMarcus, you're a big listener of the show, so I just want to apologize, <laughs> but uh, I'll send you the link for Silver and, and Black Pride's editor show. Okay, so Mike Hughes, the cornerback, uh, signed with the Detroit Lions. That's another player that had the one important week for the Chiefs this year. Yeah. Other than that, you can make a case with a little bit of a liability. I think this was a lottery ticket trade for Brett Veach. They needed more depth at the cornerback position. He was fine, I, I think, but I don't think this is a huge loss for Kansas City, and I think that's why he ends up with the Detroit Lions of all teams. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting to me. Most people wouldn't say that that Hughes was a big impact player for the Chiefs, and I think that's fair, but he played better, I think, for the Chiefs than he did uh, for the team that drafted him for the Vikings. I can Vikings, see why they yeah. were disappointed with him and they got just, you know, incrementally better performance out of him. They used him on some kick returns, uh, seemed to be pretty confident in him and yeah, he wasn't great, but, uh, you know, he took a kind of a little step forward while he's with the chiefs and has now turned that into a, a decent contract, three and a half million deal with the lions. So, um, uh, you know, that's, I think that speaks to the quality of the coaching. For the Chiefs. He basically won that game against the Raiders. I mean, yes. I don't want to, uh, yeah. and that's why he was the defensive player of the, the week. He mm-hmm. wrote about it here. He returned an opening fumble, 23 yards, forced another two fumbles, and that's a division game. So it, that's important. Uh, one thing I will say about Hughes is this is a little bit of a hot take, but I thought he was one of the better returners on the team. And I think the Chiefs noticed that at certain points. I know that one point they put him in and he fumbled right away. And I yeah. don't know how much yeah. of an impact that had on him. But I was watching him in camp and I'm, I just was thinking, is he the best returner? And I, I think, I think they felt like that a little bit too, but you know, you, you talked about Pringle leaving Hughes would have been a candidate if they retained him to be the uh, kick returner there and or the punt returner you know if, if they were trying to go away from hardman and obviously that won't be the case 
Uh, other quickies to to go through before we take a quick break. No news on the Hill or Brown front. We don't need to get into that. We've sort of been talking about it all show. I, it seems to have pressed the Chiefs a, against the cap. John, you you've been keeping track of the cap number right now. The last I checked, it's around three. You you, you are believing it's around three million available over, at this point. Yeah, over three million. Yeah, well, it's between right now. I think my number is between three point nine and four point nine over the cap. Okay. If we take into account all the which, signings that have been announced, you know, which some impossible. of which. Which you can't be right, so right, they have right. they have to be. We just don't know how they're under essentially. Right. Well, you know, this is the, the general managers kite checks is what they do. They sign these players, right. and sometimes it takes a couple of got a couple of days for the player to get into the office and sign the contract. So there's a delay, and sometimes I think they sit on the contracts before turning them into the league office, which buys them a little time to get their their ducks in a row with regard to the cap. So, yes, uh, every contract you turn in, it's got to keep you under the cap. But they don't always turn those contracts in right away. So uh, that is why they can be over the cap when, in fact, they cannot actually be over the cap. We're just trying to get a sense of where it is after all these signings have been put in place. That's what matters the most to us is where they're going to be. And uh, until they get some other moves that we know about, they look like they're a bit over the cap right now. But officially, they're under the cap. It just depends on which player contracts they've turned in and which ones they haven't. I also think, and I'll say this quick, and, and it goes back to the cap. I think Taron Armstead not signing is holding up Orlando Brown from negotiating. Mm. Yeah, because Taron be. Armstead's going to make more money than Brown is, and Brown has already gone on record through his mentor of NFL.com <clears throat> that he wants to be the highest paid tackle, and I think he's going to negotiate like that, and I don't think the Chiefs are going to give that to him, but maybe they can get close to what Armstead is going to make. But I, I don't think until that chip falls, Brown's going to come to the table. The last we heard, he didn't even have representation. He had fired his representation, so we don't, I mean, it's 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 putting the Chiefs in this this holding pattern, which is tough right now, because I like I said, I think they sort of wish that they had some of these things done. Tyron Matthew, at the time of this recording, about 10.30 a.m. on Tuesday, still no club, which I find weird. I don't know yeah. what is going on. If you're one of these Chiefs fans who's still holding on hope, what I would tell you is that I think the longer it takes, the, the more I feel like it could happen. I don't think it will happen. I don't. I think this is over, but and I think I could tell that from Tyron Matthew and following every member of the Chiefs media corps on Twitter. Um, but uh, you never. I guess you never know. I I tend to think he's holding out for a, a deal that he feels is is worth his while. I'm just confused by this, John. What do you make of Matthew with with no team yet? Yeah. Um, what was it? It was uh, last week, I think. We got uh, a report that I saw suggesting that around the league, the the GMs don't care much for Matthew. Um, and maybe that's part of what's going on here is that they that he doesn't get as much respect around the league as maybe some other players do. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It, I, I would have expected him to be maybe not the top safety uh, signed right out of the gate. But I, if he'd asked me, I would have said he'd be gone by now, you know, that somebody would I, have paid, paid him something. And I've seen some things out there where it's like fans are like, well, are, are you all that surprised that GMs don't want this? 
guy that's on Twitter yeah. yelling at, and I, I'm like, you know, Jalen Ramsey is yeah. <laughs> the most annoying human being on the planet, and he doesn't have any bars set pretty he's, high there. Yeah, he's a young player <laughs> and one of the elite in the league. But like Tyron Matthew is good enough where I think he can tweet whatever he wants, and it shouldn't really like make general managers not want to want to sign him. But I do wonder what's happening there. Yeah, and and by the time you hear this, maybe Matthew has a team. Maybe maybe th- this sounds silly, but we we shall see. That's the beauty of podcasting. The Chiefs uh, have interest in Zadarius Smith, and I've said this before, uh, and, and I'll reiterate here: I don't blame them. Got to be careful with the back stuff, right? Uh, I, we saw it with Mitch Mitch Schwartz, where you just like could lose a guy for the season, and if he already has back surgery last year. So he reneged on what was the Baltimore Ravens for their deal after he saw other pass rusher deals. And so he wants that deal that Von Miller got that maybe Chandler Jones got. And I think that's too much for a guy with back issues. Absolutely. That's why they have the physical. Um, but the the thing that I find myself, you're almost backing yourself into a wall because at this stage of the game, it's like, if not Smith, what are you doing at premium edge? And I, I think that's where maybe the NFL draft again or or trade comes in if you're not going with Smith. I think for the right number and maybe for the right incentives, Smith comes. But we just talked about the cap. They would have to do some cap movement to even make that feasible. And I, I just don't know if I see Smith, who's also been connected to Minnesota and Dallas coming to Kansas City. Yeah, I'm I'm really leery of this back issue. You know, you uh, you mentioned uh, Mitchell Schwartz. How about Mike Remmers? You know, yeah. a, a lineman, you know, um, relation about what actually happened with the Ravens. Um, you know, there's been some reporting that he didn't like the deal. There's been some reporting that there was an issue about the physical. Uh, we don't really know. This is one of those things where we're probably never going to know the right answer. Um, I think that everybody wanted that deal. I think the Ravens wanted that deal. They made it pretty clear in their statements afterwards that they really wanted to, to make that deal happen, but it didn't for whatever reason. And uh, I'm I I I would be scared about the back issue if it were me. I'd be I'd be worried about that, and maybe the Chiefs are too. It feels important uh, these back issues along the line on both sides of it. I'm always leery myself, and so I don't know. As much as they need a pass rusher, they need the pass rusher on the field. Yes, yes, absolutely. At the very least, what I'd like to see when they clear this space is Melvin Ingram back in the mix, and you know you feel okay about Ingram and Clark, and then maybe you add that edge rusher in the draft, and then you have Dana and the developing Kane Doe. I'm feeling okay about it. I still would like one of these guys, but I just don't know where he comes from at this stage of free agency with a lot of these big names off the board. I, I thought the Chiefs would be a little bit more active in figuring out how to secure one of these guys uh, that have now you know Chandler Jones to the Raiders, Von Miller to the Bills. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's just... It, Again, I and I've I've said this on previous shows, but you see the blueprint a little bit at a time, and then all yeah, of a sudden, right. Orlando Brown is the chief at, at left tackle on draft day, and that we don't have to write about a first rounder, which we which we love, John, right, uh, on, a, on a busy <laughs> draft weekend. All right, when we come back, we will get into what's happening around the conference and the AFC West, and we will reveal the answer to our poll of the day. You're listening to the Airhead Pride Editors Show. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon. The off-season is chugging along, and we are on the train. Here we are. It's been a little bit of a quiet train, but we got uh, Justin Reed here, and we got a Juju Smith-Schuster and this week, uh, some major news for the conference, and I think the division, John, will start here. Devontae Adams to the Raiders. I, I don't like Derek Carr. I think he's by far the worst quarterback in the division. I think he's overrated. Is he top 15? I don't know. My, my, my line is the Cousins line. I don't know if he's better than Kirk Cousins, quite honestly. And, and you made a move here to maximize Derek Carr. So he, he's been all right in recent years playing the Chiefs. He's been all right in the division. The Raiders were a five seed last year among a mess. And now you pair him with the best receiver in the league and his college receiver, who's re- really been eager to play with him. I think this puts not Derek Carr necessarily the third best quarterback in the division, but I think it, it pushes him a lot closer to everybody else. That that To me, it's like this tier one of quarterbacks and yeah, Carr is is in another tier, but it's not like tier four or tier three anymore. To me, it's closer to like tier two with Devontae because it's just, he's just so talented. So long as he stays on the field, what what did you make of Devontae to the Raiders? Well, I think it was an awful lot of money. Uh, yeah. I think that's an awful lot of money to pay a, a wide receiver, uh, even if it turns out that that. Uh, but you know, if, if there's a guy who deserves it, it's Adams. He's put up incredible numbers, but he's done it playing for a Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't think Derek Carr is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Could he be better with a Adams out there on the field? Sure, he could. Of course, right. he. Could. And he's shown the capability in the last couple of years to play better than he has over most of his career. We've seen that. He put put in some games over the last couple of years where he looked really good. So, you know, maybe the Raiders are thinking they're going to get that Derek Carr all the time uh, if they have a player like Adams on there. But you know they've put some high quality receivers on the field and the Raiders organization before now, and it didn't make that much difference. So I guess we're just going to have to see how this plays. I think, I think what's annoying is as the AFC is continuing to get better and better, that you have this AFC West that is an absolute gauntlet and mm-hmm. the Buffalo bills who are probably the second best team in the conference. Right. So we'd still agree. It's the chiefs and the bills. And then some order of the other teams, one, two, the other teams, the Bills road, it's just so much easier when you're talking about Tua and you're talking about Mac yeah. Jones and you're talking yeah. about Zach Wilson and you're only talking about one buy. It's a, it's starting to be like even more annoying that they change that rule. You get it because they want the extra game. But you're looking at an AFC now and, and we can get into these other moves around the AFC with Deshaun Watson not going to an NFC team 
that he was talking to the Panthers and the Saints and uh, the Falcons. And he ends up staying in the AFC with the Cleveland Browns, who have a pretty good surrounding team, right? So then you have Watson, who doesn't leave. You thought he might have been going to the NFC. I am not. We don't need to get into all the off the field stuff. We've talked about it on the Nation yeah. NFL show. Yeah. If if you'd like to hear some of my takes on that, but he stays in the AFC. So just you know, on on field standpoint, which is it makes for a tough road. And then because Atlanta flirted with Watson. Matt Ryan was now traded to the Indianapolis Colts. And that is a big upgrade over Carson Wentz, who stinks. Mm -hmm. And and so now you have this loaded AFC where all these teams are going to be beaten up on each other. Meanwhile, Josh Allen is the Mahomes setup of previous years when he was playing Phil Rivers at the end of his career. And um, he was playing Derek Carr, who didn't have Devontae Adams. And he was playing... Drew Locke or Trevor Simeon. It was easy to go six and zero. I mean, you you're just so much better than everybody else. And I, I think that's what what's tough now is the conference is tough. And I, again, way too early. We'll see how the rest of the offseason shakes out. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to get the AFC bye. And what is tough about that? Like, like let's assume the Chiefs are number two. You're playing on Wild Card Weekend, not against the seven of last year that pissed off Tom Childs of the Great British Chiefs show because of the playoff structure, this seven seed, or if you're the three and playing the six, it's going to be a dog fight, right? It might yeah. be a division team that you're playing because the entire AFC West may make the playoffs. So if you're the two seed, that seven seed is the fourth place team in the division that's already seen you twice. Yeah. Like, it's not a good set. I mean, I don't want yeah. to be the bearer of bad news, but I just don't like the setup for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you have Mahomes. He could be revamped. We predicted that on this show. It may not matter, but it. I think it's more annoying, John, than anything else. Yeah, but you got to figure the NFL loves it. The oh, NFL no loves it. No yeah, the NFL loves it when division teams are playing against each other in the playoffs because they're big games, you right. know. So the league loves this. It's just going to be harder specifically for the Chiefs. That's the way it is. I'd just like to make a point about Deshaun Watson, and I don't want to talk about the off-field stuff either. I, I, it's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. But from a football perspective, what I find interesting about this is that for 20 years, whatever it's been, or has it been 100 years? I don't know. It's been a long time that the Cleveland Browns have not been able to find a franchise quarterback. And every effort they've made to do that up to this point has been to use a very high round, a high pick in the draft. Oftentimes, a few times it's been the first selection, mm -hmm. but it's always been a first round pick. And they put these guys through this meat grinder in Cleveland where they last a season or two. And then they're still at the bottom of the league and get this really high pick and put another quarterback through this thing. Right. That has never worked until Baker Mayfield. And then they let Baker Mayfield get mad, you right. know, and, and then they spend, then they go completely the opposite direction, paying the largest fully guaranteed contract in NFL history. I mean, that is a crazy deal for a lot of people to feel that it's, it's going to change every contract eventually. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the NBA fully guaranteed a completely which... crazy contract for this guy. This could be the end of their franchise if this doesn't work out. Right. Okay. And it could. It might not work out. The guy hasn't played for a year. 
Who knows how he's going to be in another system with different receivers. You know, there's always a lot of imponderables in this situation. And they have promised to pay him $46 million every year for five years, no matter what. This could turn out really badly for Cleveland. I mean, really badly. Just a quick off-the-field point. The fact that they set it up so that a a potential fine for the league with the $1 million base in 2021 is embarrassing it, yeah it's, it's an it's an embarrassing thing to have done and maybe a tip the scale for them to get them i think if you're going to hold the browns accountable every team that's interested should be accountable and i think the league as a whole should be accountable i think that watson should have been on the commissioner's list until this thing was sought through because there's still a lot of hoops that uh, have to be be jumped through to clear his name uh, off the field but it, it's over now it, it happened but i agree with you i think it can also change contracts for the foreseeable future and one of the major advantages for owners and by extension GMs in the NFL has been the fact that they can cut a player and not think twice. And that number comes off the book in a lot of cases. That's what we were talking about earlier with like the funny money. And this may change that. I don't know if you're a quarterback that you're up where you're not demanding guaranteed fully contract. And I, I got to imagine every owner that isn't in Cleveland is not too thrilled about the the new precedent that they sent. And then once a couple quarterbacks do this, what if you are a Tyree kill and you're just like, no, I want it fully guaranteed. Yeah. You now have a point. And Mm -hmm. so you're starting to, you could see it kind of go into, and look, I think that it, you know, I'm, I'm player friendly when it comes to this money stuff. I think it makes sense for contracts to be fully guaranteed. You're playing in an extremely violent sport where your career could be over in one play. Now the cap better reflect that in a sense of if this becomes the new precedent, you can't put a team in purgatory forever. So mm-hmm. I'm, you're just right. hoping that the league adjusts as you go, but you're right. It, it's a, it's a weird contract. It's a weird deal. And, and uh, you almost wish it wasn't part of the NFL in a lot of ways. So, yeah. but it is what it is. Well, you know, I, I, I wonder if players would agree to take less money if it was fully guaranteed. You know, okay, you can pay me, you can give me a hundred million contract over five years. And, um, but maybe I'd rather have a five year contract for, you know, $40 million that I know that I'm going to get. Right. You know, I, and I, and I wonder if, if that's what we might see down the line as people get more used to the idea of a fully guaranteed contract. But I agree, this is going to have, reverberations in the rest of the league over a period of time. I saw a tweet the other day from forgotten who it was, but somebody was saying they'd talked to a number of NFL GMs who were ticked off yeah, because this, this contract has happened because it's opened the floodgates. Yep. And, um, and it, it's crazy to me that it's happened. It's, it's amusing to me that it's the Browns, (laughs) you know, that, that this could be yet another way that they can fail at quarterback. And, you know, maybe it's going to work out great. Maybe Deshaun Watson's going to go there and play and be just fantastic, and he's going to be worth every penny. That is indeed a possibility. But there's just a lot of uncertainty in these deals, and if I were a GM, I would not make a contract like that for anybody. And the Browns apparently thought, <laughs> cold my beer. <laughs> so we're we're seeing um, some breaking news here when it comes Uh-oh. to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are signing wide receiver Corey Coleman. Now, this was a, I believe, speaking of, he was with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, he was a 
15th overall draft pick in round one back in 2016 Ah. with the Browns. He, I believe he had some off the field stuff um, that, that kept him away from the league. Uh, Coleman was suspended. It says right here, Coleman was suspended for the first six games of the 2021 season by the NFL for violating uh, the league's performance enhancing drug policy. Ah. And so he has, I believe much like Josh Gordon in a sense had some off the field issues. He hasn't registered a stat since 2018. Uh, the most uh, yards he has put up was 33 catches for 413 yards and three touchdowns. Seems like one of these uh, players that was uh, a first round talent and mm-hmm. you know had some trouble, you know, putting it together. Uh, with the Cleveland Browns from 16 to 17, briefly with the Buffalo Bills, Patriots in 18, then the Giants from 18 to 20, but again, has not had an appearance in a game since 18. A former first-round talent, probably bringing him in for the off-season program to give sure. him a second opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see what ends up happening. Uh, seems very much like the uh, the Brett Beach, you know, risk it for the biscuit, low risk it for the biscuit type of, uh, of special here. Uh, and Interestingly enough, um, he has a connection to to Josh Gordon. Um, the Browns, um, once Gordon was being suspended, he was ex- expected to fill in for for Gordon. Um, and this was back in the day. And now both of them are on the same Chiefs roster here in 2022, John. Yeah, well, we're going to everybody's going to say, oh, here we go. Another former first round pick for another team that (laughs) Brett Beach grabs. Well, Mike Hughes went to another team, and so they had to replace that first rounder. Yeah, right, right. And of course, that's fair because that's true. This is something that Beach has done numerous times. I think it's fair that we ought to point out that Brett Beach is the general manager of a team that's been in the playoffs seven straight years. Okay. And that means that they're always picking at the end of the round. And there's just only so many ways, so many ways to get talented players. And this is something that any GM in Veach's position would probably do. And we'd probably put it down to, to his personal feelings. I think part of it is the situation that Veach is in being the GM of a team that always is always up at the top of the league every year. That's part of the equation as well. You're going to take a look at players like this. And, you know, they haven't signed this guy to a $5 million contract. You know, this is undoubtedly a deal, based on what you're telling me, that's going to be very close to the league minimum, if not the league minimum. And there's really going to be very little risk here. They're going to take a look at him in training camp, see what he does, and and in all probability he'll be gone by the beginning of the season. But you never know. They might find somebody who can play. Coleman is 27. He was the first receiver off the board in 2016 hmm, never okay. put it together on the field and essentially will be a a camp tryout for the chiefs i'm not about to get josh gordon excited about this like i did last year <laughs> so i'm gonna curb my expectations but look for the training camp reports and the off-season reports when we absolutely start doing them all right let's get to our poll of the day as we wrap things up here on the arrowhead pride uh, editor's show. I'm trying to find it here. I tweeted it out this morning. Okay, here we go. Will the Chiefs have three 1,000-yard pass catchers in 2022? We had 2,349 votes to this point, John. What do you think the answer was from, from our Chiefs uh, followers on Twitter? Uh, I'm going to say that uh, the majority thought that they would. 
How I'm much? Gonna say, nah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 70%. Mm, closer to the middle of the road. 57% mm. believe okay. the Chiefs will have three 1,000-yard pass catchers in 2022. So that leaves 43% for no, which, you, you know what? I, I would have thought, John, I had it in front of me, but I would have thought that a lot more Chiefs fans would have been yes as well. Uh, really excited about Juju Smith-Schuster, but they're curbing their expectations. I just think given the fact that it's been tough for anyone, uh, with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to get that. I mean, you're only working with so many yards and so many targets from Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to get a thousand yards. I just, I, I think he's hungry. He's on a contract year. The last time he was with a receiver of this caliber, he was able to put 1400 up. I understand Kelsey's in the mix here. I think he'll get close. And I think if he's like at nine ten. Entering game 17, I think Patrick will find him the 90. Like, I just think like, <laughs> there's a human element to this as well. Uh, and so I'll put, put me down for a, a three, three pass catcher, 1,000 yard season. Well, I'd like to be optimistic about it, but uh, fact is, this is a very hard thing to do. It's very hard to get 3,000 yard receivers on a team. It doesn't happen very often. Um, yeah, they they have the personnel to do it with. Uh, Schuster and uh, Smith Schuster and Kelsey and Hill. Um, those would be three guys who could do it. It's just really hard to accomplish. That's what would hold me back. But you know what? If Smith Schuster gets 800 yards and we get normal production that we've become accustomed to from Kelsey and Hill, this offense is going to be incredible. Yeah. Because there'll still be another couple of receivers that are each going to get 100 yards, 200 yards. If she, if Smith Schuster can do that the way Sammy Watkins did, this team is going to be incredible on offense. Now, got defense problems to worry about, of course, but just talking about the offense, the team is going to be incredible if he really can put that kind of a number on the board. They got nine picks. They got a lot of receivers in the mix yeah. now to to fill in that uh, Pringle and Robinson role. We know who the the starters are going to be and. We shall see, as they say. It's only March 22nd here, and that will wrap things up for us. Again, keep it locked in on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Tomorrow we will have the Coast to Coast Twitter space replay in the morning. If you can't catch it tonight, if you want to get involved, don't forget tonight at 7 p.m. You can you can catch that. Uh, we will keep it locked and loaded with Arrowhead Pride draft content on Mondays and Fridays, typically. And we'll keep you updated on all these transactions at arrowheadpride.com. For Steve Serta producing and for John Dixon, my name is Pete Sweeney. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.